welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Hey, welcome. Welcome to another another uh, chapter of the Creative Marketing Show. It is great to have everyone here who is coming in live as well as on the replay. I have a great topic today. I'm looking forward to sharing this with you. And it's about going after the big clients. Big clients can be, well, there can be some issues with big clients and I'm going to talk about them. But I want to just focus in on the whole idea of bringing in a big client, how to go about it, maybe some of the warning signs. I have a little bit on the news side and then I have some questions and answers that I've picked up that I want to share with you that I think are relevant to today's topic. And I think that's really important. So let's start off with this simple concept in the beginning. Years ago, when I was teaching photojournalism, I had many students. Some had different aspirations. Some wanted to work at big newspapers. Some wanted to work at, well, just work. <laughs> just wanted to work. That was a, just to find a job. And the thing is, there was a big difference between the students who got the big jobs and the students who just got a job. The ones that got a big job at the big, maybe corporations or the wherever their goal was, but we'll stick with the big corporations. They, they took the time to plan. They took the time to plan and then they did something that the other students didn't do. They applied. They asked for the job. They went to find out what it took to get where they wanted to go. And they, they went through the process. Now, not every single one made it where they wanted to go. This is true. But quite often, they ended up in a, quote, higher position than those who didn't plan, that those who didn't try, that those who did not target who they wanted as a big employer for them but for us it has to be what we would consider a client or a customer and so we need to plan who are these people it's not just enough to say hey I just want a big client who is that big client or what industry are they in taking the time to find out who are those players in the niche in the industry whatever it is you want to go after who are those players? And then from there, take the time to target them. Understand who you need to talk to. Who is that person? Is there a name? Do they have a certain title that you need to be aware of? And one thing I think a lot of people don't think about when going through this process is they probably know somebody who has worked there or even served the company or companies that they're going after. What you need to do is talk to them and ask questions. What kind of questions? What's the culture like? Are they 
interested? Do they have a regular time of year in which they ask or seek out for new vendors? I mean, those little, little pieces of information can make a big difference. What, what is the word around the place? What, what are they not looking for? What do they tend to, you know, in some cases, and I know this is really direct, mock. I mean, sometimes in big companies, sometimes there's a culture of just people who are trying to get in and they look at them as pests. Some are very welcoming. Well, what is it? What, who are they? Where are the best places to start? Because sometimes you may need to start at a certain level before you can go into a larger company just because of the politics of it. Okay, they've worked at a certain level and we can consider them. If you had not worked at a certain level, or your company, your small business, yourself as a creative professional, whatever it may be, if you have not done the things that they need, but what are what are those things? Now you also have to consider why. Why you? But before you do that, and you start thinking about those people that you need to get to know, get to know their names, and you could use LinkedIn. I have done so, and there's some a couple questions that um, I have at the end of the show are in the question and answer section that I think are relevant, that I think will be very, very helpful. But I like to ask what can I do to make this person's life easier? Because quite often in the larger companies, and not all, but it depends, but that's again why you need to find out about the culture. Why is it, how is it that I can take, um, do some certain things that'll make life easier? In other words, shift your mindset about how this company is going to help my company by giving me a boatload of money. How can you go into that big company with, with your chin up, saying, I'm here to make your life easier. And this is how. Paying attention to them. Because a lot of times, not many people are looking out for them. Now, there are people in the company who may be making their life harder. Maybe they have some support, but it's not enough support. And there are people that may want their attention, but it's in a very selfish manner. So how can you go in with the attitude, I'm here to support you. What can I do to support you to make your life easier? And let me tell you, I have found that that has been much appreciated when I've done that. And I've not always done that. And it, it just depends on, it depends on the company, depends on how much I have taken the time to understand what I'm stepping into. It just makes so much sense to plan ahead and understand what it is you're trying to accomplish and then understand why you. All right, so there are multiple ways to go about this. Um, I'm thinking about a few different ways to approach this. The thing is, when you develop this plan and you've created a marketing plan around you're a, this, trying to get some kind of acquisition of a large client. I think it's good to have multiple approaches. And as you know, we're all about combinations. And I often, often say that, you know what, there are some excellent marketing tactics out there. But when you combine the strategies and tactics together in, which, in a way in which they all work together, it's much more powerful than just saying, 
we're going to do email. Email and what? So think about different ways in which you can bring these people in. Maybe it is thinking about, once again, how to serve them better. What are the kinds of questions they're asking related to the product or service or problem that you solve? We've talked about this many times on this show. What problem do you solve? And then what are the questions related to that? And what would a question be related to somebody in the big companies? Not necessarily the smaller companies or individuals or individual professionals, but in the big companies, what are those questions? Again, our research will help point us there. And then we can answer those questions, maybe through blog posts, maybe through social media. Maybe we get involved. What are the communities that these people are involved with on social media? What are these searching for? What, what kind of a process can we put together that regularly targets the kinds of people that have those problems in the larger companies? So social media, search engine optimization, but darn it, knocking on the door is also, I think, a part of this situation. Or going to the networking groups, or even better, not just any networking group, but the professional organizations that these people most certainly attend. And again, not with the mentality of what am I going to get out of them, but how can I better support these most likely overstressed people that need some support? Think about the story you can tell. The story that you can tell that will just bring them in. Another way you can go about it is creating events. And they don't have to be big events, but creating an event that that type of person might want to go to and find beneficial. Maybe it's an event with speakers that are on certain topics, and maybe you're one of those key speakers. It could just be two or three people, people that maybe you know are going after the same target market but are not providing the exactly the same a service or product, right? So you can work together and then maybe collaborate and work together to find out who it is you need to target based on each of your experiences and create an event. Now, sometimes it's a social event. Sometimes they're formal. You have speakers and sometimes they're purely social. Again, it depends on who you're targeting and what you're trying to do. One of the things I... Um, I like to avoid, <laughs> that's a better way to put it. Personally, I like to avoid doing a lot of requests for proposals, RFPs. However, if you wanna go after the larger companies, you're probably gonna have to go, you do an RFP, go through the process. And what I recommend that you do is to look at some RFPs right now. Take a look at um, a, just Google right now, request for proposal. And see what is being asked in those requests for proposals. And try to gather as much of that information as you possibly can ahead of time. Biographies, maybe case studies, maybe people on your team or surrounding your team. Um, history, every bit, every kinds of question. And the thing is, 
with RFPs, they, they can ask pretty much anything. And I hate doing them because personally, I, as especially on the photography side, I want people who want me. I don't want people who are looking for a photographer. And whatever your business is, I, I would say you don't want somebody who wants a whatever it may be. And many of you who watch this show or listen to the show are photographers or maybe writers. You're creative. You don't want to be a writer, a designer. You want people who want you specifically. And requests for proposals quite often are not that way. It's really a combination of things and quite often it being the lowest bid. However, if you want to get your foot in the door sometimes, you need to consider that option. And if you're going to go down that road, just know that they take a lot of time. And once again, the more prepared you can be in the beginning before you start, the less frustrated you will be because you'll have that information available and the time that it takes to create that RFP will be a lot less. So hey, if you have questions about going after the larger clients, Feel free to put it in the chat or in the comments if you're catching me on the replay. And of course, as always, if you find these podcasts and videos valuable, make sure you, that you share them with your friends. And of course, if you can leave a comment, that's always helpful too. Okay, what is the danger of having a large client? Should you not have large clients? And personally, I say, it can be okay to have one, maybe even two super big clients, but you need to be realistic with these clients. You have to understand what your limitations are. And just because somebody asks you to do one thing doesn't mean you can't do part of it. And the big risk can be is if you are an independent professional, which many of us who uh, listen to this show are, we, we want to... We want that big client, we dream of that big client, but if you think about it, none of us really want to work for anyone, right? A lot of us don't, especially a lot of small business owners who are out on their own. We don't want to work for somebody else, but if you have one big client, then man, that's a good question. I'll get right to you. Um, yeah, thank you. So that's a great question. Uh, what is a big, a big, exactly a large client? And, and I'll get to that in a moment. Maybe this, what I'm saying right now, kind of answers that question. If there's a client that just takes over your life, meaning a very large client, usually when I, when I speak of this, I'm talking about many multi-million dollar corporations um, that you know, have a lot of money and, and ha needs the support, but generally a large client is obviously relative to you and to your business. An individual may have um, a large client, just maybe the biggest company in the city. But if a large client takes over your business by dominating you and your time and maybe your team's time, if you have a few, few people on your team, you know, that, that can be more destructive over the long term. I almost turned down, and now here's the other side of it. I mean, the money is there, and we all always want to balance the money and the time. I almost turned down my largest client ever, and it was one of my team members said, no, I'm going for this. I'm going to finish this up, and we're going to get this client, and she got it. She got the client, and darn it, 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 was, a good, it was a good deal for us. It was, it was a lot of money, and it really did help us over time, and there were times in which they did dominate our time, but not so bad. 
Now, if I had a client that was going to take a month or two months of my time regularly and I couldn't attend to other clients or prospect for new clients, now I'm starting to consider that a problem because again, we want to be able to grow our company and we have a small team and we're being dominated by a larger company. It's just like working for somebody else. And so we have to balance that and decide ahead of time what percentage of our time in business will we apply to those or allow for those larger clients. And I certainly have found many situations where I have been able to say yes to a larger client, a big client, big company, and, and just take part of a project. It just depends. It depends on how they play the game and, 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 and their needs and the relationship. I mean, I think the biggest thing to understand, whether it's a large company or a small company or even just the, an individual, it is still all about people. And a lot of times we go looking for those big clients with the idea of they just have all this money and there are no real people behind it. It's still about relationships. Whether it's a small office or, you know, the biggest building in your city, you know, there's still people in there. And it's all about the relationships one at a time. And quite often it's, it's very common for a huge, huge multi uh, division company to have similar types of people in each division. So you could take on a smaller division in the beginning and develop relationships, get comfortable. Maybe you can bring on the staff to support you over time. But again, thinking about the importance of it's about people. Think about how you, who, who is it that you want to target, their name, their title, how can you best serve them? And do your research and planning ahead of time. I found those things to be extremely helpful. Okay, so I'm gonna, I have a few more uh, topics related to this in the question and answer, but I did wanna talk a little bit about, uh, about Google News. Uh, not Google News, but in news about Google, is that uh, they have just released a new. A, a new um, mobile site speed option that will, it, they, they revamped it. And, and basically it's under the, um, let's see, think with Google features. Let's see, I, I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but it's um, think with Google forward slash, and I'm actually looking at it right now. That's why I'm, uh, yeah, thinkwithgoogle.com feature forward slash test my site and see how that works. I have had some trouble getting it to work well. It was just launched, but with all the mobile sites out there, I think it really is, um, people looking at mobile, I think it really is important that we continue to test our sites, even if it's a big failure, at least take a look at, see what Google is saying that could help you and help you get your sites ranked as well as giving people a good experience when they land on your website. I think it, truly is an important thing. So that was just kind of launched today. I'm having some issues with it, uh, but test it out, take a look, see if it's working for you. I'm sure any bugs that they're having will be taken care of over time. One of the things that I also want to briefly talk about in the news, well, speaking of mobile, were obviously the new Samsung uh, phones coming out, how interesting that is. But one of the things they've been talking a lot about in various forms are the foldable phones that are coming out. And I remember 10 years ago, 
talking about that and talking about the the thin paper that ultimately became you know at the time I was kind of aiming at like the iPads and and so forth and these thin screens but this is more of a foldable uh, situation but I was I was talking about this with these thin plastics that they could fold and and or roll and I was talking about newspapers and how you would just have your newspaper unroll it and it'd connect through you know through Wi-Fi or whatever it may be and it just all be updated and and think about the many different ways they can approach this that you could just have something that's on your wall uh, there, there are a number of things that are coming our way that are going to be very very thin that we can roll out or hang and we'll have some interactivity and I think that's important to think about because there will be some ways in which we can connect with people that we want to connect with, with these systems. How exactly? Well, that's probably for a full another show, but think about the speakers that are coming out now that are in everyone's homes and how you can uh, use, say, schema markup language in your on your website to help those speakers answer questions. I've been doing that. So think about how you can answer questions using the schema markup language. What's he talking about? Schema markup language? What's this all about? If you don't know what that is, go to schema.org and there's a whole bunch of information. It'll give you some code that you can put on your website based on questions or maybe you have dates uh, that you want to share. Maybe you have information, your address that Google and the other search engines are really looking at markup language like schema found at schema.org um, that help them really be able to take, as you've seen, these snippets that are pulled out and put at the very top of the search results. Well, imagine that snippet being pulled out from your website and put at the very top, although you're not number one. Now, I've seen this happen with websites that are ranked as far back as number 40. Some of my clients literally have, they're, they're ranked number 40 for a specific keyword, but the, their snippet is number one. Now, that's rare. It's usually, if you're saying the top five or six, then maybe Google will pull your snippet out. Because chances are, if Google really appreciates what it is you're, you're saying, they're gonna push you to the top of the search engines anyway. However, it's something, part of it, it's, it's, it's being helpful in many different ways especially when it's related to mobile and speakers. You have to remember people, and that may be you too, are talking to your phones and we're looking for new ways to help uh, people get the answers and let that answer come from our websites. And so that's, that's where we're going with that. But there, this foldable paper and these foldable pieces in the phone and all that, that is kind of another layer of opportunity coming our way. I haven't fully fleshed this out. Maybe, you know, maybe it really just is another screen that we connect all the stuff that we connect to right now, such as Facebook, Instagram, and whatever it may be. But there may be some other opportunities looming. And so that's why I wanted to just kind of put it out there is that, hey, it's another thing to be con to consider and to think about. All right, let me get into these questions. Uh, I, have, I have three ready to go. And, um, oh, okay, here's Harley has a question. Is think with Google.com a, a Google product? Um, it's not a subdomain of Google like the other. Yes, and the answer is it is a Google product. And not only that, you can, and, and I highly recommend it. If you just go straight up to thinkwithgoogle.com, you can put your email in their system and they will send updates, including statistics. 
that may be very helpful to get you thinking about what's going on in the, the marketing world as it relates mostly to search. But they come up with some very interesting stats in terms of how people are looking for retail-related stuff. So it really is a good way. So if, you, if you're not involved with thinkwithgoogle.com, definitely, yes, it is a Google product. Yes, it is very cool. It's been around for a while. Um, great question, Harley. Thanks for helping me flesh that out. Um, okay, the first question, uh, can a client be too big? And so this is something I, I addressed a little bit before. And the answer is yes, absolutely. Again, if it is dominating too much of your business and time, many, many businesses have died because the one were suffocated by a large company taking all their time and resources, or they're making so much money, they're doing a great job, it's a relationship, and then the person that was the key to that relationship in the big company leaves, and now they're out of business. You may have seen that before, I've certainly seen that before, and that's why I've always been nervous. I, so I've always said, okay, no more than 30% for me. I'm not gonna allow for more than 30%, a company to take more than 30%, and that's high. But that's obviously a company that's going to be producing a lot of opportunity. But at least that gives me two-thirds of bandwidth for my other clients and being able to grow. Uh, because otherwise, again, you're just working for somebody else if you allow that big client to dominate you. So you need to be honest. And I've had some opportunities recently where a larger company approached me. And I was just honest. This is my bandwidth. This is the portion of the job I can take on for you and do it well. And sometimes that honesty is, you know, just a little bit of fresh air for a lot of times for these folks who are just dealing with people who are saying, oh yeah, we can do it, we can do it, we can do it, no problem, you know, and and we'll figure it out and then they mess up. If I could say, look, this is where I can help you most, give me this part of the project, they tend to be very happy. But again, it, it depends on so many things because remember, it really is all about people. But be honest and know your limitations. If you can do that, you're gonna be doing well. Okay, uh, should you reach out through social media? Another great question when it comes to big companies. Should you reach out through social media? Well, when I, when I got my large, larger book deals, I start off by reaching out through LinkedIn, searching to find out who are the right people I need to talk with? So social media can be a great place as part of our planning effort to find out who it is we really need to talk to. Because there's nothing worse than just calling a company cold and say, okay, who do I need to talk with? No, find out. Talk to people, like I said. Talk to people who have worked there, who have served these companies. But then also look on social media. And I, I wasn't able to connect with the people I wanted to connect with at the publisher I wanted to connect with. I just, why was it that publisher? Because I heard a bunch of people were publishing books through that publisher and it was a decent sized publisher. And I thought it'd be nice to have that under my name, that I was published by that publisher. That's why. And so I looked for the right people to talk to. And then I ended up going over to Facebook to connect with that person with a simple query of, hey, are you the right person to talk to about this? And the answer was yes. I say, wonderful. And then we went on from there. And I ended up getting a couple of books out of the deal. So the answer, I think, is yes. And you just have to be careful. Don't 
hound people on social. Use a lot of social for your research. And then from there, you could politely connect, say basically, you know, some basic information, try to connect with them in a way that is, is real and that might warm up the situation. But as always, just kind of like the whole LinkedIn philosophy, if you know somebody who knows that person, because once you know the name of the person you want to talk with, now start asking around who knows, and then maybe a soft, warm referral will be a better way to go. Okay, the next question. Will, uh, see, will big companies find you in search? I, I got to tell you, a lot of times I go to, into boardrooms and I talk about search search engine optimization, and they'll often say, well, people don't search for what we, you know, what we do, or, you know, it's a big, big companies, you know, they don't just like, and, and they would talk about all this different technology that the supposedly, and I'll use this in quotes, the smartest people, you know, the most educated people, all these people, for some reason, are not using the latest technology to find new vendors, new opportunities, and to answer their questions. You've got to be kidding me. Of course they use search. And if they don't, their assistant does. <laughs> and that's what I have found. And my biggest client ever that I was referencing before, uh, they found me through search. And believe me, there were plenty of people knocking on their door doing what they hired me to do. Lots of them. They, it's not like they were running out of opportunities, but somebody was in charge of doing that. And I'm sure conversations were not flowing. And someone said, oh, well, let me just look online and see who's available or what, what companies are available. And there you go. And then next thing you know, about three, four weeks later, after a few tests and a few trials, I got, I got the job. We got the job. So yes, people will find you on search. Big companies will find you on search, but you also have to consider the fact that if they find you on search, your website better be of the high caliber that they are expecting. They really will. Because remember this. This is a situation where there is a lot more bureaucracy. The people who are searching, they have bosses. And they're going to present you as an option. An option. Not the only one, but an option. And they're going to honestly judge you by your website, by your profile picture, by their writing, even by your social media. They will dig in a little bit more because they have people to answer to. And anytime you're in a situation in which there are people that need to be answered to, then darn it, they're going to they're gonna double check everything because they don't want to look bad. And that's another thing that I think even going back to the whole process of developing uh the larger clients and getting into larger clients. Now, you know, going back, um, the first question, what exactly is a large client? You know, a large client could be an individual with a lot of money. However, you, I would think it'd still be the same. You know, they may have an assistant to help them out that's going to present options to them. And they're still going to have high standards. But if you go in by thinking about, even for that assistant, who's going to present you to the big bosses or big boss, that you're going to make them look good. So not only are you thinking about that stressed person and how you can help them and make their life easier, but how can you actually make them look good by hiring you and kind of have that mindset. 
not not being you know all out there like I'm going to make you look good kind of but 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 by the way you present what you're going to present being professional and honestly when it comes to the larger opportunities out there being professional at least on the surface it's it's being that professional but at the same time being real especially when you're trying to help other people and not make it all about you all right, I'm starting to wrap things up here. If you have questions, feel free to put them in the comments and chat. I appreciate everyone coming out here and saying hello um, on this Monday, Monday, 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's when we get together to talk about growing our businesses. And we are now hosted here at Rosh Siller's Photographer. And that's because a lot of the folks who follow this show are creatives and are photographers. And I have switched this show on and off from photo creative centric to not so much, so less and less. And I have a feeling as we're on this channel more and more, it'll be more of the visual arts and creatives again. But um, I like to address everyone's uh, issues across the board. And, you know, of course, that's diving down into the trying to be everything to everyone. So we'll just form this based on who shows up. I think that's really the best way to go because I have a traditional, I have a creative business. I also have my marketing company and I have a lot of online ventures. And so I, I can uh, tackle many different areas, but I have a feeling we will continue to be uh, more creative bent on, on this, this channel and this location. And I appreciate everybody who does listen on the podcast. Uh, it's been it's been fun watching uh, the the uh, the show grow and more and more li people listening every single week. And I encourage you guys who are listening via audio, take a moment, come by on Mondays like the folks who have today. It's it's really cool to have people ask questions. It gives another little level of uh, depth to the show because um, they're real questions. And sometimes I'm not thinking of the questions that you have, and so that's pretty cool. All right. Thank you so much. You have a great week. Feel free to give this show a thumbs up and share it with your friends. We'll talk to you next time.